Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. We welcome everybody who's worshiping together today, those who are worshiping here in the building, and also those who are joining us on our live stream or uh, as they watch over the internet this week. Uh, for you who are worshiping online with us, remember to go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you'll find the bulletin for this service. Um, also, there, uh, that's under the resources tab. Also, you may give your offering to the church and to the Lord under the give tab. Regarding our online worship, today we are using the new live stream and recording equipment. Uh, the installation of that new equipment was made possible by a generous donation by Barb Gibson in honor and in loving memory of Martha Lubert, Walter Roschke, and Bill Gibson. We certainly thank God for Barb's gift and for the opportunity, as our mission statement says, to share the love of Jesus to the people of North County and beyond. And certainly with our, with our equipment now, that's something we can do. We can share uh, more effectively with the people beyond these walls here at Chapel of the Cross. What is different from our old system, other than no longer having a camera and tripod in the center aisle on a Saturday night, is that we now have three cameras that we use. Perhaps you've noticed these cameras in the previous weeks. There's a camera here, here, and then one in the back. Um, also, in the past, that, that service was recorded and then posted later to the Internet. Uh, now, the, the service is... is uh, live stream. So right now we're live on the internet and so people at home or wherever they're watching is it's kind of like watching live TV. And then after it's it's done after our service is done then it is the recording is posted so you can go back later and watch the recording of the service. Uh, we will normally be live streaming this live streaming this service, the 11 a.m. Sunday service. Once in a while we will need to do a different service. For instance, when we're outside on a Sunday morning, but uh, but normally this will be the service that we will put out on the on the internet. A few other announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. Put on your calendar that we will be holding a fall property cleanup day on Friday the 29th of October, starting at 9 in the morning, going to about noon. If you could help at any time between 9 and noon uh, beautifying the church grounds, that would be uh, wonderful and certainly appreciated. There is a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center so we know how many snacks to get uh, for during our breaks. If you've got questions about that, you can call the church office, talk to Bill Resnick. Uh, he'd be happy to talk to, to you about that. The Bach Society of St. Louis will be holding a concert here at Chapel of the Cross on the 23rd of October. That's a Saturday at 3 p.m. We're excited about that, that, uh, that special concert that will be held here. I mentioned last weekend that it's strongly recommended to register for that concert, register your attendance. The website to do that is now up and running. Uh, it's listed in your Chapel Weekly. It's all, there's also a link on our website, chapelofthecross.org. You can just click the link and that'll take you there. If you need help with that, uh, don't hesitate to stop by the church office or give us a call. We'd be happy to uh, give you a hand in registering for your attendance for that concert. Ilsa Hornig, the mother of Doris Tritkin, died in the Lord last week, Friday. A memorial service is scheduled for this upcoming Wednesday, October 13th at 11 a.m. Visitation with Ilsa's family will take place at 10 a.m. on that same day until the time of the service at 11. Uh, again, that's this Wednesday, the 13th, 13th of October. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our opening hymn, Son of God, Eternal Savior. It's hymn number 842 in your hymn book, or it's printed for you in your bulletin, and we stand to sing it together.
Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us humble ourselves before God, confess our sins to him, and ask him gracious forgiveness. We now confess to God Almighty before the whole company of heaven and before one another that we are sinful human beings by nature indeed. We have not always put God first. We have used his holy name in ways that do not honor him. We have been careless in our devotion and have not always honored those in authority over us. We have done violence to others in word and deed and have not always kept our thoughts, words, and deeds pure and unhelpful. We have taken what is not ours and have spoken that which is not helpful or true. We have wished for that which is not rightfully ours and have not put the best construction on all things and on all people. We pray God to have mercy on us, to forgive us all our sins, and to bring us to everlasting life. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord has granted us pardon, forgiveness, and remission for all our sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. sweep through the house of Joseph like a fire. It will devour Aunt Bethel and will have no one to quench it. You will turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. You hate the one who reproves in court and despise him who tells the truth. You trample on the poor and force him to give you grain. 
Therefore you have built stone mansions. Though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. You oppress the righteous and take bribes, and you deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent man keeps quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. There, then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We read responsibly Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, are you brought forth the earth and the word, everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. Who knows the power of your anger? Put your for your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to your children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The epistle today is from the third chapter of Hebrews. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ is we hold firm till the end of the confidence we have at first. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert, and to whom God did swear that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please rise as you are able for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No good is good. Uh, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated as we sing the hymn of the word, hymn 683, Jesus, thy boundless love to me.
Peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for the sermon this morning is that Old Testament reading appointed for this day from the book of Amos, Amos chapter 5. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the house of Joseph like a fire. It will devour and Bethel will have no one to quench it. You who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground, you hate the one who reproves in court and despise him who tells the truth. You trample on the poor and force him to give you grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. You oppress the righteous and, righteous and take bribes, and you deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent man keeps quiet at such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. Wow. Now, what, what brought that on? This here in Amos 5 is not a gathering of, of fun, happy, fluffy words, are they? These are hard words, harsh words, accusatory words. The Lord will sweep through the house of Joseph like fire, and you'll have no one to quench it. You turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. You despise the one who tells the truth. You trample on the poor. You have nice houses, but you're not going to live in them. I know how many are your offenses and how great your sin. <laughs> Holy cow, Amos. I mean, bring it down a notch. What kind of burr got under his saddle? Actually, Old Testament prophet Amos reminds me a whole lot of New Testament prophet John the Baptist. Remember how, how people were coming out to see and hear John in the desert? And he was preaching explosive and scathing words even as they came out with this self-righteousness and self-assuredness and maybe a little, you know, a little smirk on their face. Because after all, they were children of Abraham. They were heirs of the promise. They had it made with God. They had nothing to worry about with the pedigree that they had. What a jolt then when John the Baptist swings around with fire in his eyes and he preached, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And don't begin to say to yourselves, oh, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you, out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I would guess that those words kind of left a mark. They, they were not fun, happy, fluffy kinds of words, were they? They are hard words, harsh words, accusatory words. I mean, it's almost as if John the Baptist took a page out of Amos' sermon. They're, they're preaching from the same sermon outline. And, and we, know, we know why John the Baptist preached the way he did. He was preaching to some scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law. But why would Amos preach like that. After all, I mean, times were good in Israel. They were very, very good. It was a good time. Israel was enjoying economic prosperity. The nation had expanded its borders, and, and it, it, was a place of, it was in a place of relative peace with its neighbors. Business was booming. People are building houses. They are enjoying the good life. It was, it was a time to, to just eat, drink, and be merry. So what's the deal, Amos? Why the fire and the brimstone sermon? Well, perhaps it was what appeared to be so good on the outside was actually completely rotten on the inside. Perhaps it was that the economically disadvantaged were being exploited. Perhaps it was that the haves 
who are continually trampling on the rights of the have-nots. And perhaps most of all, it was that Israel had begun to place their trust in themselves rather than in their God. And so their religion had become kind of superficial, shallow, self-serving. They had a problem with false sanctity, thinking that they were really better than they really were. And in their self-satisfaction, in their self-righteousness, they failed to see their need for their God. So what can break that? Heavy words from their God can break something like that. Amos had been called by God to be his prophet, and God had given Amos the burden of bringing heavy words to the people. Amos does not come with gentle words of encouragement. You really don't see a whole lot of that in the book of Amos. For Amos, it is not the 11th hour, it is the 12th hour. And God, through Amos, lashes out with a strong and harsh word of law to God's people. Amos begins, actually, his heavy words all the way back at the beginning of the book, chapter 1. He's speaking there to all the people around Israel. Now, if you're an Israelite and Amos is condemning all the pagan nations around you, well, what are you thinking? Go, Amos! Nice work, man! And listen to him. He says, The Lord roars from Zion and thunders from Jerusalem. For three sins of Damascus, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. And if you're an Israelite, you're saying, All right, Amos, you preach it. Those people of Damascus, they're, they're, they're nasty people. For three sins of Gaza, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. Well, if, you, if you're in Israel, you're thinking, preach on, Amos, preach on. They need to hear that. For three sins of Tyre, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. For three sins of Edom, even for four, I will not turn back my wrath. The entire first chapter and into the second, he just kind of roams all around Israel and condemns the behavior of the sins of Israel's neighbors. And the people of Israel are saying, yeah, give it to him, Amos. You keep going. <laughs> but then comes chapter 2. And chapter 3. Chapter 4. Chapter 5. Chapter 6. Chapter 7. Chapter 8. And chapter 9. The whole rest of the book. And guess who Amos is talking about in all of those chapters? God's people. Because they had a problem, a problem with false sanctity. You know, it's easy to see what's going on or what's wrong with everybody around us, but it's not so easy to see what's wrong with us. So for eight chapters, Amos bears heavy words that really hit home. And they are words that really hit home, not only for the Israelites. They hit home for us too. We too live in a nation of prosperity and wealth, do we not? I mean, even during a pandemic, you can say that with, with certainty. We live in a nation where the individual is king, where people place their trust in themselves rather than in their God, where, where we matter more than our neighbor does, where our religion sometimes becomes superficial and shallow, and self-serving. Or we have a problem with false sanctity, and in our self-satisfaction, in our self-righteousness, we sometimes fail to see our need for God. So Amos' words that he speaks are words that really kind of hit home. And, th and that's why Amos preaches heavy words, to kind of jolt us out of the idea that our false sanctity is good enough. It's not good enough. It's not even remotely good. Because when we continue in, in that lie of false sanctity, self-satisfaction, self-righteousness, we start to entertain the idea that our sins in our lives are justifiable, kind of normal. They're typical. And they're really, they're so minor, we really don't need to change. And in the end, 
the ultimate result of that false sanctity, that self-righteousness, is a rejection of the true sanctity and true righteousness of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 7, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has a few words to, to, to say about that false sanctity. He says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many on that day will say, well, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we do all kinds of things in your name? And listen to what he will say to them. Depart from me. I never knew you. False sanctity, in the end, is rejected by God because it has nothing to do with the person and the work of Jesus Christ. It's satisfied with what we do, not with what he has done. It is satisfied with the self, not with Jesus Christ. Now I think we begin to understand those strong words of Amos. God has called them to preach those hard words, those heavy words, words that are a burden. God has called Amos to jolt his people out of their false sanctity. You know, Amos was, was really appropriately named. His name literally means burden. Have you ever had to be an Amos to share some difficult words with somebody? Hard words, burdensome words. How'd that go for you? Was that fun? <laughs> that kind of thing is not fun. But you probably did it because you cared for them. You probably did it because you loved them. That's why God sent to Amos. They could despise and reject and dismiss and just fall for false sanctity, but God would not let it go on. He cares for them too much for that. He loves them too much. So God sent Amos to bear the burden of truth so that those people would be jolted out of their false sanctity and into the arms of their God. And God sends Amos to us too. So we are jolted out of our false sanctity and our self-satisfaction, our self-righteousness into the loving and the caring arms of our God. He jolts us with those heavy words so we finally realize that in Christ we are sanctified. In Christ we are loved. In Christ we are forgiven. In Christ we find satisfaction. And in Christ we live. And it is through the heavy words of prophets like Amos that we finally understand and we know the healing words of the ultimate prophet, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who, who spoke some heavy words too, didn't he? In fact, I, I think it was Jesus who uttered the heaviest words that mankind has ever, ever heard. Just, just three words. The heaviest words that the world has ever heard. It is finished. It is finished. Can you sense the burden of those words? Words spoken from the cross. Words spoken as death came. Words spoken as, as his father turned his back on his son. Jesus says, I will bear the burden. I will bear the burden of sin and rejection and self-satisfaction. I will bear the burden of self-righteousness and false sanctity. The burden is done, and the burden is finished. Death takes it away. My death takes it away. Every form of false sanctity is forgiven, and the burden is removed. It is then when Amos's glimmer of hope is realized. Did you hear that at the very end, verse 15? He says, perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. Oh, with those three heavy words, it is finished. Those three healing words, it is finished. With a death and with a resurrection, Amos' hope, it's realized. Our hope 
is realized. The Lord Almighty has had mercy on his people. The Lord God Almighty has had mercy on you and on me. Certainly Amos was given some heavy words to speak, heavy words that, that hit home. But because of the heavy words of prophets like Amos, we can know the wonderful, grace-filled, healing words of our ultimate prophet, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed that's printed for you on page 10 in your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for having sought us, called us, and fed us with the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Grant that the bread of life and blood of Christ that has been shared and received in this blessed meal be for us that life-giving food that sustains us on our earthly journey as we serve you in humility all our days. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Please be seated as we have a few, few words from our president of the congregation, John Schmidt. Good morning, I'd ask uh, first uh, Pastor Marriott to come on down to the front, please. Um, and join uh, Pastors Glenn and Lunch. Uh, this is a surprise for Pastor Jim, so uh, sorry for the delay. That one's my fault. He and his family often sit down front, but not today. <laughs> uh, I'm here today because the head of our personnel committee, uh, Tim Brown, is unavailable this weekend, so I've, uh, I'm honored to, to be here in his stead. For more than half a century, God has showered blessings on Chapel of the Cross. And one of the greatest of these blessings has always been our pastors. Those earthly shepherds who guide us, nurture us, admonish us, and teach us day in and day out. October is Clergy Appreciation Month, and it is good, right, and proper that we should take a moment to thank these men for their dedication to us. Their gifts to us, as they minister both to our individual and collective needs, are too many to mention, so I won't try. Instead, on behalf of Chapel of the Cross, I want to convey our public thanks and present you with a small token of our appreciation. Would you join me in prayer, please? Dear God, we thank you for the blessings every day, and today especially we thank you for the blessing of sending these men to carry out your mission here at Chapel of the Cross. We ask that you continue to bless them, their families, and their work in this place. Keep our hearts and minds open to the message which they provide, a message which we know comes from you. We ask this in the name of your Son, the perfect shepherd and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 